There's been a lot of rumors and reports that have led some Chargers fans to get concerned about their coaching surge, but it's not time to worry yet because they are still favorites to land Jim Harbaugh. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you to the everydayers out there for making us your first listen today, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Like many of you, I did not enjoy the fact that the Atlanta Falcons were able to schedule a second interview with Jim Harbaugh before the Chargers, but do not fear. The Chargers are still reportedly to be the favorite to land Jim Harbaugh if he does make that leap to the NFL. We're also going to talk about the Chargers blocking Kellen Moore from taking another interview to be an offensive coordinator and why it is very important that Justin Herbert gets his next elite tight end. Yeah, our first elite tight end. I mean, I think that's one common denominator you see in all of the playoff teams that are remaining at this point. But today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL. Terms and conditions apply. David, reports came out after the Chargers were going to be second potentially to get that second interview with Jim Harbaugh. Tom Pelissero said the Chargers are still believed to be the favorite if Jim Harbaugh makes the leap to the NFL, negotiations with Michigan still ongoing. So the Falcons part of this we'll talk about. But, I mean, I think with how this process is played out, like that is the kind of the best news you could get at this point. I mean, if the Chargers are the NFL team, I mean, we did that show, you know, a couple of weeks ago where it was just like, hey, it feels like Chargers or going back to Michigan Felt like Michigan was falling off, so this is saying, hey, they're still in the running. Is that leverage? What is the reason for that? We don't know, but I think at this point, it's like, okay, take a deep breath. This thing still has to play out. The Chargers are still the favorites at this point. Yeah, I think that gives you some kind of solace, right? I know a lot of fans out there don't really want any other candidates. I'm among them. I am included in that. I definitely want it to be Jim Harbaugh. Everything else will feel like a disappointment at this point. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, we're part of that machine, right? You know, behind Jim Harbaugh. But it's because we really believe in what he is capable of doing and the track record of success that he's had throughout his entire career. And the fact that he changes cultures, the way that he has been able to do, that is all things that the Chargers desperately need. They need Jim Harbaugh. And so the fact that we get reports out there that they are still the favorites to land him, I think can give you a sense of calm, a sense of peace, that it's still out there, it's still available. I know it hasn't happened yet, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Yeah, and... It could not happen. That's the other part of it, right? Like, I think at this point, you would like to hear, hey, Michigan has kind of fallen off. I mean, the last thing we heard is that he was asking for immunity and like a three-person tribunal to decide on whether he would get let go for cause. Seemed like very unrealistic expectations, which made it kind of seem like, okay, well, they're definitely not going to give him that. So maybe, you know, he's putting that out there because he kind of know it can't happen. Who knows? But it feels like with him, like we've talked about, kind of a wild card coach, that it's going to really come down to it as far as what the decision is going to be made that you can never be fully locked in to what it's going to be at this point and i think you will see 
a second interview with Jim Harbaugh scheduled, you know, maybe today as this is coming out, maybe a couple days from now, like the only thing we've heard so far is that there will be several candidates getting that second interview, which we'll get to. But yeah, I think a lot of people did get freaked out by seeing the Falcons getting that second interview with him. And I still think that like, I don't, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, there's no way I'm taking that Falcons job over the Chargers job. And they could be looking elsewhere anyways, and just kind of using this to maybe get some negotiations, you know, maybe a little bit of leverage with Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's leverage on, on both sides. I, I think it's leverage for, for Jim Harbaugh and, and, and his agent, you know, Don Yee. And it's also leverage for, for the Falcons and Bill Belichick as well. I mean, it's just saying, hey, you know, we have other options, right? You know, you're not the only guy. Uh, although I think the, the devil's in the details when it, when it comes to Bill Belichick. According to the New York Post, the first meeting took place on Blank's yacht near the U.S. Virgin Islands, <laughs> while the second one transpired in Atlanta with basically him flying in on Arthur Blank's private jet. So, like, those things are kind of, you know, unique, specific details. Not all interviews are created equal. Right, right? and that's what, that's what I'm trying to say here, is definitely not all interviews are created equal. It seems like the, the tension around the Atlanta Falcons wanting Bill Belichick is palpable. It's very real. It's something that they want. I think, ultimately, they want that to happen. But also, this shows, you know, with them interviewing Jim Harbaugh and getting him, giving him a second interview, it shows their fans and everybody else that they're big game hunting that they're really trying to bring in a big, you know, very highly qualified coach to be able to take over that position. And, you know, for the Chargers, obviously, you know, they're going to get that second interview done. We've also heard reports that, you know, they've talked many times before. Hopefully the next time that he comes in the building is the last time and they get that deal done. Yeah, this is kind of where I'm at on it, which is just basically like, the Chargers would have already had to kind of meet his demands to make it to where they've made it to so far. The two yeah. camps supposedly met during the Rose Bowl when he was in town, right? And he was going to Disneyland. Supposedly things were going on behind the scenes there, right? Then you hear that the interview went well when they had Harbaugh in person already last week. So it's like everything that they could have done right so far has reportedly gone right. They're still the favorite after that. They're still the favorite after the Falcons interviewed him you know, a couple days after the Chargers did for the first time. So all of those things, I think, point in the right direction at this point because there's only yeah. so much we can know at this point. The other thing is, it's like, yeah, you're keeping maximum leverage. You're saying, hey, if I can stay at the NFL, like I have other options at the NFL and I have Michigan. I right. think if he wasn't going to get what he wanted from the Chargers, I think he already would have went back to Michigan because he's I already had that. a sweetheart deal and they're probably yeah. going to give him whatever they whatever he wants. I don't think yeah. anything's off the table there. Could he be trying to drive up that contract with Michigan? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think he's fully decided yet on anything. And I do think that the Chargers getting to this point with where they're at right now is a good sign for them because I do think, you know, they still have to keep their backup plans open, which oh, we're yeah. ta we've talked about before. The contingencies have to be in place. But I think they're in as good of a spot with Jim Harbaugh as they could be right now. And, and I, as much as I wish they would hire him literally today, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, David. I mean, the reports yeah. are if something is going to happen, it's going not going to happen in the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, the reports out there are saying that it's going not Jim Harbaugh is not going to make a decision on his future until the end of next week. That report came out on Saturday, so we're assuming that to be the end of this upcoming week, Friday or Saturday of this week. So hopefully that is the case. I mean, like I, like we talked about, the Chargers are going to go through some second round of interviews. Hopefully this time, the next time they get Jim Harbaugh in the building, that it is the last time that he is in the building and that they consummate that contract and they get that done. Because I think at this point, 
they know each other pretty well. I think they understand kind of what the ideologies are, what the expectations are, what he wants, what he's going to need to be able to feel secure in that position. And I think now it's just about saying, all right, we, you know, we really exhausted our search. We talked to, you know, 15 different head coaches. We talked to several different general managers. I think we understand who he is also understand who he kind of wants to work with. And I think it's, you know, really coming to a head to where we could hopefully come to a resolution by the end of the week. Well, we'll see kind of when those first dominoes start to fall, right? Like we've really only seen a couple of moves. We know the commanders have taken Adam Peters as their general manager, but still don't have a head coach. And then we also know that the Raiders decided to go with Antonio Pierce, but that's it. Like it'll be interested to see interesting to see if, you know, when a couple of these dominoes start falling, you know, if an Ian Cunningham gets, taken by another team right do they swoop in to go get ed dodds and then that kind of makes you feel differently about the jim who seems situation. like has some interest from the raiders for ed exactly dodds. so i mean like it'll be interesting to see if there's any part of this that speeds it up i mean we heard from jeremy fowler they want four to six candidates like if those candidates are mike mcdonald or todd munkin or ben johnson right they won't even be able to interview those guys in person until after this upcoming weekend of games so like yeah we could be looking at a timeline that doesn't even go till next week. Will they forego getting second interviews with those guys if they can get Jim Harbaugh in the building this week for his second interview and they can get it cracked out? I think that's the biggest question right now, but it's still looking like later on in the week is when we're going to know that. And there's going to be plenty of other things that are going to set off alarm bells because we're all scarred and things still can go any different direction. And the one thing that did it just late on Sunday night was the Chargers blocking Kellen Moore to potentially take another offensive coordinator job. So we're going to talk about our reaction to that coming up right after this. First, though, I need to tell you guys about LinkedIn jobs because at the start of a new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. And what's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have so many quality candidates. And that's what it's really about. As you start 2024, you want to make sure the person that you bring in is a good fit for your company. Because if it's not, everyone has worked with someone they didn't want to work with. Everyone has worked with someone who maybe wasn't what they thought they would be beforehand. Get a qualified candidate so you can get your year started out right. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, you can get that because the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, David, well, let's get into what the biggest news was that came out late Sunday night as far as what the Chargers are doing, and that was the Chargers' decision to block their current offensive coordinator because he is still employed, Kellen Moore, from going and potentially taking an offensive coordinator interview with the Bears, which was a lateral move, which is their right, right? You can block any lateral move. They already did it once with Ryan Ficken, but I think that led a lot of people to spiral because I think when people think of Kellen Moore, it's like, okay, well, Jim Harbaugh probably doesn't want Kellen Moore. And I think that's where the crux of it is, right? Like yeah. Jim Harbaugh is probably not going to use Kellen Moore if he ends up taking the Chargers job. And I think the Chargers will be more than happy still to let him pick his entire staff. I don't think it has anything to do with that. So like, I think the Chargers are keeping their options open. I don't think this is something to get too overreactive about. Yeah, no, I think this is just the Chargers keeping some semblance of control, right? I mean, just because... There is still some volatility involved in Jim Harbaugh's decision. You just you, or whoever they want or whoever they decide is going to be their next head coach. So, I mean, maybe there are some candidates that they have talked to 
that would prefer to have Kellen Moore stay on as offensive coordinator, keep that continuity built with Justin Herbert and try to, you know, keep him with some with the same offense and the same offensive coordinator for another year because yeah. we've all seen the amount of turnover that that he has experienced not only in his NFL career but in his college career as well. So, you know, keeping, you know, all of your cards, all of your options available, um, you know, which is within the, the Chargers right, I think is just a smart business decision. Well, and I mean, Kelmore was allowed to go take a head coaching interview, right? Which was, right. You, you can't do anything about that. But then you also had reports that Derek Ansley was potentially going to try to interview for the New York Giants defensive coordinator vacant position. And there wasn't any news about the Chargers blocking that. So it's not all the coordinators, right? right? I think the other thing that's important here with this is just that what you said as far as, hey, if they do want to keep him, it means there's at least a chance he stays on, right? You're not going to keep him. Yeah. If there's no chance he's going to stay on. There's no way you actually don't let him go try to do that. Yeah, why, right? why block the move, right? So yeah. it's like, who would be willing to take him? What if Mike Vrabel be willing to take him as a defensive guy to try to get that continuity? Probably. I know who... People don't want him to be paired with, and we'll talk about that part of it. But I do think for this, though, like if you have that chance for continuity and that next coach, whether that's Jim Harbaugh, maybe Jim Harbaugh signing off on it. I don't see that right because I think he has, you know, guys like Pep Hamilton or David Shaw or Greg Roman who he would probably want to go with. And there's definitely some reservations even about some of those guys he could go with. But I don't sure. think you would want to keep him. But the Chargers are keeping their options open. There's no downside to doing this, right? Like, it, they would have had to have already cleared it with some other coaches had they gone that way anyways. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, it's not smart to try to force an offensive coordinator on someone. And I don't necessarily think they're going to. I don't see this as a move of them saying, hey, whoever the next coach is has to keep Kellen Moore as their offensive guy. No, yeah, I don't get that sense at all, and and nor should they. They absolutely should not, uh, you know, especially, you know, if it is Jim Harbaugh, say, hey, Jim, you know, we, we know, uh, you know, we're going to hire you as our head coach, but you're going to have to keep Kellen Moore as your offense. No, uh -uh, that's not, that's not no. how that's going to work. He, you know, he he's the type of guy with the type of stature that he has. He, you know, he, he wants that, you know, we all know that he wants some level of control over personnel and, and whoever over, they get you know, should get that staff, option, right? Wh whoever yeah. they hire should get those options, right? Absolutely. Even if it's not Jim Harbaugh, like you shouldn't be forcing him on anyone. No, absolutely not. I mean, the only coordinator you should be forcing on anybody is Ryan Ficken because Ryan Ficken has proven that he is one of the best special yeah. teams coordinators in the NFL. And I don't think anyone is going to have any objections to them keeping a guy who literally took one of the worst special teams units, a bottom five special teams unit, and turned it into a top 10 special teams unit in the NFL. That right there translates no, pretty much no matter who the head coach is. But offensive coordinator, that's a little bit more into you know what that specific coach's ideology is, yeah. and I, you want to make sure that you know that matches up with who that head coach is going to be. So definitely not the right choice to force an offensive coordinator on any prospecting uh, incoming head coach. Yeah, and I don't think they are. I think they're keeping yeah. their options open. And I think, hey, in a world that you want to get that continuity, there's a world where Kellen Moore's offense can look a lot better, obviously a lot sure. less injured. And I'd say at the same time, though, if you wanted to go down that route, you would have to completely reinvigorate your coaching staff on the offensive line and also bring back, oh, you yeah. know, a run game coordinator. Like, he would need help. You would have to oh, try yeah. to 
overcompensate to try to fix the flaws and the protection issues that he had all season with this team that killed them late in games, right? Yeah, protections, running game. The running game that just never developed into anything even close to average, let alone, you know, actually fixing it. So I think the one thing that, you know, everyone's brain went to when this came out was the prepping for Dan Quinn, right? And, And, like, Dan Quinn is still potentially going to get a second interview with the Chargers. He's already had one. We'll see if he gets the in-person one this week. It feels like a name that's going to just be obligated to be on that list. And I understand the panic because I'm not a Dan Quinn guy. For me, it's always been, hey, when he was with Atlanta, the defense wasn't good even then, right? When he's been a coordinator, the defense is good. I don't want another defensive-minded head coach that defense isn't good, right? And that's what he's always been and also has a more embarrassing playoff loss than Brandon Staley. I don't think this is what that is, but it does also seem at the same time, like if there was one person most likely to keep Kellen Moore on the staff, it would be Dan Quinn. So I understand it, but man, I I think we're obviously all hoping that's not the case. I hope to God that is not the case. Daniel, my goodness. I, I, I will, I'll rip my hair out if it ends up being, if it Daniel ends up Quinn. being Quinn and Kellen Moore as the, the new, no, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I, I can't stomach that. Uh, and that's uh, exactly where everyone's mind went to. That's where everyone's heart went to and, and where all the nightmares came from. They yeah. were immediately playing through your mind when, you know, that you know announcement came out that the Chargers were blocking that move. I, I don't think that the Chargers are really necessarily interested in, in Dan Quinn. I, I mean, I obviously it makes sense to understand why, you know, that could potentially happen because they worked together for many years in Dallas. They obviously know each other very sure. well as, you know, he was the offensive coordinator and, you know, Quinn was the defensive coordinator. So they know each other extremely well. I mean, so that that makes sense in that you know specific situation. But I don't want any part of that being the new leadership team of the Chargers. It, for, if it's not Harbaugh, I, I want an offensive coach. I mean, I think that's just what it is. And that's more for Justin Herbert, the most important member of this football team. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be good with Vrabel, too. Like, I think Vrabel is a good backup sure. plan as well. You know, I, I just think in Dan Quinn's case, it's going for experience for the sake of experience. It, it's right. going with someone like him so you could say, hey, we're not doing what we did before with a first-time head coach. Instead, we're going with a retread in Dan Quinn, who's been to a Super Bowl. But every time someone says he's been to a Super Bowl, all I can think about is the fact that he had a 28-3 to three. To three lead that he blew, right? <laughs> like, so, like, yeah. it, it, even when I hear that part, it's not a good thing. Like, for me, no. hey, better fit somewhere else, maybe Seattle, wherever that ends up being, who knows? Yeah. But, like, I... I'm staying away from that still at all costs. I don't necessarily as think far away as possible. And this is, I think the only kind of move so far that's happened where it's like, okay, you could directly correlate those two things Absolutely. at the same time. I wouldn't go that far as to say this makes Dan Quinn likely. I just think every Chargers fan scared that, you know, if you do miss out on Jim Harbaugh, that he's the backup plan because he's had head coaching experience in the past. And I just think that's such a flawed logic, a flawed way to look at it. Even if they're going defensive, there's other guys it's, like it's a jaded way to look at it for go. sure. Yeah, I mean, I understand why Chargers would feel like that because they have every right to and every reason to. And it feels like that could be the Chargers. Like, hey, there's nothing we could do with our ball, right? We tried our best. Right. But still, look, we brought you head coaching experience in the package. Yeah, they definitely Quinn, don't want that. And you can get some continuity with Kellen Moore. And, and there's things I really liked about Kellen Moore's offense. That's the problem. It's just like, yeah, that, yeah. that package deal is something I'd have a hard sell on. But one thing that I think we look at every year is just what the Chargers can learn from the teams that are in the playoffs, the teams that are doing the things they couldn't get done, right, to get there and now to win big games and what those games end up coming down to. And one of the things that all of these playoff teams have in common 
All of them have a really great tight end, and the Chargers do not have a great tight end, but could have a chance to get one at the top of the draft if they go that direction. So we're going to talk about that and some of the other most important playoff lessons we've learned this year coming up right after this. First, though, I need to tell you guys that the NFL regular season is over, but there's still time to get out on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That means even if you lose, you win. You just put $5 down and you get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's that simple. And the app is super easy to use all the time. There's so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. You can find the best bets in the Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. But right now, the big thing they have going on is the kick of destiny to deciding whether Rob Gronkowski can make that 25-yard field goal and find redemption at the Super Bowl. If you guess correctly, and it's totally free, you get your share of $10 million. So make sure you guys check that out for new and returning customers. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. David, we've been missing a tight end since Hunter Henry, but more specifically since the days of Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates, baby. Just how important he was to the development and the career of Phillip Rivers and how successful Phillip Rivers was, right? Like, there was years Phillip Rivers didn't have a number one receiver, right? But he almost always had Antonio Gates. I mean, Antonio Gates was the number one receiver. Exactly. (laughs) But when you're looking at these playoff teams, all of them have really, really good tight ends. And I don't think that's a total coincidence, but... I do want to tell you guys that Lockdown has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports everywhere, only the way that Lockdown's local experts can because it is your team every day. So go to Lockdown Sports Today and subscribe on YouTube to get the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. David, when you're looking at these playoff rosters, there was one common denominator while we were looking at our playoff lessons. All of them have really, really good tight ends, which is giving us major FOMO on what happened in the 2023 draft. Yes, it is. And one one of the tight ends that I really, really loved and was very, very high on is on one of these, uh, you know, existing playoff teams. And of course, I'm talking about Sam Laporta, the tight end from the Lions. He was uh, a guy I was very, very high on. He's very explosive. Uh, you know, really, really good pass catcher, really good with the ball in his hands in space. And guess what? He had a dynamic rookie season, and he was a big part of the Lions offense. It was a big security blanket for for Jared Goff, a big play machine. And then you just go down the list, go down the line. The 49ers, they got George Kittle. You know, he's an absolute animal. He's, you know, one of the best tight ends in, in the NFL. Huge, huge part of the offense there for Brock Purdy, uh, a big security blanket. Mark Andrews definitely missed some time this year, but he is a big threat. He's a big play waiting to happen. Extremely good hands, pretty good blocker. And of course, we all know Travis Kelsey has terrorized the Chargers for many, many, many years. And, you know, that's the thing that's really been lacking from the Chargers offense. That one big play tight end machine that we got to enjoy for so many years with Antonio Gates and Phillip Rivers. Yeah, and that's the the hard part about this is this last year was the class to take a tight end, right? Because yeah, like, it was even the Bills, who obviously just lost a, a nail biter on, on Sunday night against the Chiefs. And I know we were all Bills fans for that game. Like they have Dalton Kincaid, right? And they went and yeah. took him in the first round. That was another option to the Chargers. Sam Laporta, nobody really had as a first round pick. He went higher than people thought, and for good reason. Obviously, he's been one of the best rookie tight ends that we've ever seen. And there's yeah. definitely some fear of missing out there. And then. Obviously, just look at what those guys did this weekend. Like, even 
you know, Mark Andrews is on the Ravens. Obviously, he didn't help them because he didn't play in the playoff game. But that's been one of the big reasons why Lamar Jackson has been able to be so successful is having someone like Mark Andrews. And even without him, Isaiah Likely, look what he did in scoring oh, yeah. a touchdown, right? Look at Travis Kelsey scoring two touchdowns this weekend, right? Look what Sam Laporta has been able to do during this playoff run. Look at what George Kittle did when everything was looking down for the 49ers. He gets a big touchdown in that game. So yeah. I think you can definitely fantasize. And, and look back and be upset that you didn't get one in 2023. But then also look to 2024 when there is someone like a Brock Bowers that could be available, right? And when you're trying to make that tough decision at the top of the draft, it's like you can imagine seeing what all these other young, good quarterbacks are doing with those tight ends and wonder, okay, hey, what could Justin Herbert do with a guy like that? Because he's just never yes. had that, right? And that's something that Philip Rivers had. But what Philip Rivers also had was a tendency late in games to try to do too much, and it was superhero Phil. And when me and David first started this podcast, it was towards the you know the twilight of Philip Rivers' career. Yeah. We spent too many times on here talking about Philip Rivers going hero mode, just hero launching ball. it and saying yeah. "f it." And Mike Williams is down Throwing there up somewhere. A prayer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mike Williams is down there somewhere. And I think that's an important lesson that a lot of playoff teams saw this weekend, which is just like you can't have the late mistakes that we saw, and you also can't try to do too much like Jordan Love right that throw yeah. across his body to end that game when he still had time Didn't Baker Mayfield same thing a rush throw when he still had time they had plenty of time to come back even Josh Allen right field yeah. goal miss obviously Stephon Diggs has a huge drop and I think reminds everyone of Quentin Johnston and the drop that he had against the Packers right they missed yeah. a field goal which is important too but like he had a couple times that he could have went for something else towards the end of that game and went for hero touchdown shots right yeah. instead of potentially trying to just go for the first down, run the clock, do a little bit of things like that. And I think that is something the Chargers can learn from because we saw that close and personal, David, how that looked this season. And it looked a lot like how Chargers lost a lot of those late games. Yeah, the Chargers were horrendous in close games this past season. It just seems like they could not win for losing. They, they, they could not win in those situations at all. And it always came down to a breakdown in protection or Justin Herbert trying to, you know, put the team on his back and make a, a crazy throw, which, you know, and, you know, ended up in an interception or close out the football game. We saw that in the playoffs. You can't try to do too much. You have to go out there and execute. You got to take the plays that are in front of you and you got to matriculate down the field and go score. You just can't take those unnecessary chances, especially when you have the clock on your side Yeah. in the NFL. It always comes down to the last possession in a lot of these football games. So you have to make sure when you have that chance to go put the game away that you execute and you don't do it without or and you do it without trying to make any unnecessary mistakes. Yeah. And I think if you're going up against the Chiefs in a game like that and just knowing how hard they are to kill, even if they had a down season this year by their standards, right? Like you get yeah. the ball, you're down by three points that much in plus territory with the chance to potentially go up four with less than, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds remaining. Like that's about a good of a chance as you can ask for against that team. They had that chance and they missed it. And they yeah. had several chances in that game to come back late and the offense totally stalled out. Right. But like you can't make those costly mistakes late in games. I mean, even the field goal missed, right? Like Cameron Dicker right. has been awesome. The best start to any kicker's career for how many attempts he has. In right. NFL and history. also, and yeah. the Chargers best kicker of all time already, you know, with the amount of attempts that he has. Yeah. But what you're going to be judged on is how you play on those playoff games. And he's had one playoff game and he missed a field goal in that game. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is today is like, hey, no one cares how accurate you are 
during the regular season. I mean, to an extent, right? Yeah, Everyone go ask Nick Katie. Yeah. Exactly. But you're going to be judged by those big-time moments, and so is Justin Herbert. But yeah. As a team, when you have that chance to take down the king and, and slay the dragon, you can't make those mistakes. And we saw too many teams, like the Packers, trying to take down the Giants that are the 49ers, like yeah. Baker Mayfield trying to take down a better team in the Lions. Yep. We saw it all, right? And all those came down to the same thing and making those costly mistakes Flawless late in the game. execution. And I think the other thing you saw in the games, especially with the Chiefs and the Bills and, and more in you know the Ravens going up against the Texans and dominating them the way they did, is how important it is to have a mobile quarterback. I mean, you're yeah. not going to see a huge rushing game this weekend from Patrick Mahomes, but you know how many times he's absolutely killed you with his legs. Then you see guys like Lamar Jackson and, jo and Josh Allen just taking over games with their yeah. legs. And I think when you have a quarterback who's a physical specimen like Justin Herbert, you're like, hey, I want to see more of that, especially in those got to have it moments. Like when you have to have a good drive, when you have to get something going and break up a dry spell, right? Like that has to be an option, especially late, especially when you really need it. Yeah, I mean, he, he showed it against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football. He ran all over the place. That's crazy. He can game. do it. He, he did it in the game that I was in attendance against the Green Bay Packers. He ran all over the place. He extended plays left and right. Justin Herbert has that ability. He has that yeah. talent. And hopefully the Chargers give him the protection next year to allow him to go feel comfortable and confident to go out there and run because he is a weapon when he does so. And the thing is, is like, if you, and you have to be careful because obviously you saw what your team looks like without Justin Herbert. He's been injured the last two seasons, whether it's fractured rib cartilage or a broken finger on each hand this year. But when you're looking at those injuries, though, they didn't come from him scrambling, right? No. That's the important thing to remember. The ribs ended up coming from him getting drilled against the Chiefs in that game and getting planted into the ground, full weight on him, right? Yeah. Then you have the first broken left middle finger, and it was him trying to make a tackle after an interception. Just a, a dumb move. It's something that he will learn from and won't put himself in that situation again. Yeah. Third one was just pressure in his face throwing from a dirty pocket and hitting a hand on a helmet on his follow-through yeah none of those things were because he scrambled too much right so you have to be no. able to trust him that he's going to take care of himself i'm not asking him to take on multiple defenders and lower his shoulder on guys like josh allen does right or just juke guys out of their shoes like lamar jackson does but in Although those kind of habit moments he's a big dude sometimes yeah. you can't slide you're gonna have to go get it for your team sometimes and lead that way and we've seen him do it Hopefully we see it more going forward because we see how important it is, especially during playoff time. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you to the everydayers for making us your first listen today because it is your team every day. And we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with Chargers buy or sell biggest storylines and overreactions. If you want to put some buy or sells into us, not a mailbag day, but you could also hit us up in the comments with some buy or sells. If you want to hit us up on Twitter at locked on LAC, or you can find us on Instagram at locked on chargers and our locked on chargers Facebook page as well. To make sure you guys never miss the show, though, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcasts from the daily Locked On Jim Harbaugh's podcast. We appreciate you guys. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. We'll be back here tomorrow with the latest news and our Chargers by ourselves. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.